I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hello and welcome to the Raptors Over Everything podcast. I'm your host, William Liu. Joining joining me on the pod this week, Alex, our heavy hitter. Um, What's going on, Alex? What's up, man? I feel like I, I was creating content with you like every week. Mm. for like the first like nine months of this year um you know especially during the the pandemic when we were just uh imitating uh raptors players which the athletics stole the athletics stole that format from us yep well, <laughs> no but uh we're, we're I, I, yeah i feel like have, i feel like i haven't talked to you in like uh, a month uh, yeah you're, at you're, least you're, in terms of like raptors content so uh you know maybe we'll have some new jokes this time um yeah no i doubt it man i, I still see you tweeting out the same uh three uncut gems memes yeah stop um, calling me out man why are you calling me out when i <laughs> like that's all I, what do you want me to do transition to like ted lasso because that's no, what I, i'm doing i just want you to watch another uh movie or tv show or, or anything really like just <laughs> yeah based you know. on everything people hear between me and you i've only watched two movies in my life actually three rush hour parasite and uncut gems honestly if you had to watch three though that's that's a pretty solid three you only had to see three um no, man. I know you've been uh, doing secret projects, you know, things cooking up, but uh won't say anything more about that. Um, but no, it's good that we can talk raps because, listen, the reason I brought you in is because this is like the last dead week of Raptors content. Next week, it'll be filled with, um, I don't know, trade rumors, draft stuff, free agency is going to be a blur. Um, and there's also a tons of stuff in terms of, you know, where the Raptors are going to be this off season. And this is the last dead week. So this is why I brought you in. All right. I'm confident that we can get through a whole hour talking about not that much, but, um, my idea for this pod would be essentially looking at a plan for the off season. So I've basically outlined nine steps, um, that the Raptors need to take this, uh, off season. And honestly, this off season is going to be like two weeks. It's going to be like two weeks of just like draft, uh, free agency, and then training camp starts like a, a week after that. So a lot to figure out. And I wanted to walk through this plan with you, Alex. Um, yeah. So let, let's start here. So step zero. I call this step zero because it's not really an actual step. It's just something that should have already been done. Uh, and that's sort of figure out where the Raptors will play because you know, this is still TBD, man. I, I would say plan A is probably stay in Toronto, figure out some sort of solution with the border and then plan b stay somewhere close uh in the right time zone with limited travel where where are you standing on this actually i'll, I'll ask it to you this way like you know um we're at the games and stuff like that would you be feel comfortable going to the games at this current moment oh, if the- I, I don't think i'm going to any games this year even if we make the cutoff uh but i think it's just going to be doug smith um at the games this year if it does happen it's going to be doug smith and uh herbie coon but no, I don't think um, – no, I wouldn't be comfortable. What about you? I wouldn't be comfortable only because it would be too quiet and you can actually hear me in the arena. Be like... <laughs> also, I believe I believe the virus spreads really easily when you shout nonstop indoors. So I definitely would not be comfortable sitting next to you, even six feet apart. Yeah, no, that's, that, that's, that's my real concern. I, in fact, in terms of actually going, yeah, probably. 
Um, I mean, if, if it's an empty arena, you'd imagine we get way better seats and you can hear more stuff. <laughs> this but... guy in the middle of a global pandemic is like, we might get to sit at <laughs> section 115. This is our one chance. Yo, the <laughs> last, honestly, the best seats we ever had was during the finals. So, um, yeah, shout out, to, shout out for that. But no, but seriously. No, I, I, think, I, I think honestly, though, uh, for me, um, because, you know, a lot of the work that I do at the arena is like social related and obviously yeah. like being in the locker rooms and things like that. That that has just been stripped away, right? Like, I think mm. whatever whatever version of basketball that comes back in arenas is obviously going to be a stripped down version. And they were already talking about they're only going to have people in suites, which is going to be so weird when you think about just like the crowd noise aspect mm. of it. But yeah, I think just for me, like personally being at the arena, there's not going to be anything kind of advantageous, like work wise in terms of like delivering content. That's where I would come from. Yeah, no, I'm with you, man. I'm with you. I, I you know, it's, uh, I mean, it'd be nice. Honestly, it would be nice, but, um, I mean, we'll, we'll see I mean, all the stuff about like going into the locker room, talking to players, walking up to players, taking, you know, eight v- videos of Matt Thomas for, uh, Yahoo sports Canada's Instagram page. Um, that's just not going to be possible. You know what I mean? So it is what it is. Um, the, the value there is going to drop, but honestly, if they still allow people in, I, I could definitely still see a lot of people going. Um, there was like a press, not a press release, like an email sent around to season ticket holders last week, just gauging people's interest of like, you know, if it was safe and we found a way to do it, would you come? Um, but yeah, I mean, the bigger, the bigger issue is just where the Raptors is going to play. Um, hopefully they can stay in Toronto, I, you know, but it seems like they're exploring more options. Again, more cities are coming out. I don't understand some of these suggestions. Like, oh, they might play in Seattle. Like, how are Raptor fans going to be able to watch exclusively Pacific games, man? Like, you want me to be potting at 1 a.m. every single night talking about how the Raptors beat the Hawks at at 2.30? Like, I, come on, what are we doing? Well, I, did, I didn't know the, the upcoming Raptors season was about your own work schedule. But I'm just yeah, there's been so many different cities, right? Like Newark, New Jersey, mm-hmm. Kansas City. I think I heard Nashville last week. Yep. And then yep. Buffalo has been mentioned. And I'm just kind of curious too, like how much of this is just those cities being thirsty for the Raptors versus the Raptors actually wanting to be there? Because there does seem like, for some of these cities like Kansas, you saw like Pat, Pat Mahomes tweet about, you know, let's bring the Raptors to Kansas City. It's just like these cities without an NBA franchise that I think would just really welcome having an NBA team in their city for like six months. Yeah, no, I, I think it, it does a lot for the prestige of the city. I think maybe it helps them campaign for another franchise down the line or even something, you know, uh, more tangible, like just local business, like, you know, uh, getting arena up and running even without fans and everything like that, that's still probably hundreds of jobs that um, are probably going to be needed. So I think they're probably looking at that uh, from that perspective, but yeah, I agree with you, man. I, I think it is definitely more thirst from that end to the Raptors. end. I, I can't imagine Messiah, whoever is looking, you know, dealing with this um, is thrilled with any of the options because I think they would all prefer to stay at home um, because I mean, it's not just like the 15 players or 17, I guess. And, the coaches and stuff like that. Like it's a whole organization that would have to temporarily relocate. And I mean, how big is Raptors organization? Like at least a hundred people, like just a hundred people with their families, they had to be separated. Um, That's a lot. So, I mean, if they have to, sure. But if, you know, 
whatever. Uh, just hopefully they don't play somewhere really, really far off. Like even in the central division, like even in the central time zone, like I don't want to see a game. Every game started eight o'clock, like seven 30 is already kind of late for me, quite honestly. Um, Yo, I, I need to. I need to write ten things on the pod. Who's thirty six years old on this podcast right now, man? Yeah, no, I'm with you though, because like, like you mentioned, not just the organization, but like all these players on the Raptors have their own routines here too, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and obviously, a lot of, I mean, they they all live here, and like you, you have to think about their inner circle too, right? Like, I yeah, know, like exactly. Matt Thomas's brother lives in Toronto. Like, you know, Serge, Fred, they have you know their own people here in Toronto. Yeah. So like they have like all these built-in routines and you think about them coming off playing in a bubble for like three months and then you're asking them and it's similar to like what the blue jays just did right like you're Mm -hmm. asking them to be basically living on the road the whole season um you know there's there's worse things that could happen and these guys make a lot of money but you're asking for a lot um for for like part of last season and then this whole entire season so hopefully I mean, if it makes sense and, 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 you know, I don't even want to say like if it's safe, cause like, I don't think anything's safe, you know, unless they're in a bubble, but like, hopefully it makes sense for them to play in Toronto. Um, otherwise, if they go to New York, then I guess um, that'll be the only time you can say that Messiah is running a team in New York, you know? Oh, nice. See, this is why we get you on, man. Yeah. That's why we can't talk for, see there, one new joke. Let's go, baby. No, that's, that's pretty good. That's pretty good. <laughs> have, you, have you ever been to Newark, New Jersey? I know you, you used to live in New York. I actually I don't remember. I, I must have gone there. Maybe for, I don't even know where. Yeah, let's just say yes. You, you didn't. You didn't go to the Izod Center, like. <laughs> yeah, I've definitely been to the Izod Center to like watch Seton Hall. <laughs> oh, <laughs> we don't need to get into that. You weren't even there to watch uh, the the chairman Yi Jianlian. Oh man, <laughs> or like a, <laughs> or like just like a random Jay Z concert. Yeah, hopefully yeah. they play in Toronto, man. I think it'd just be good for the players, but. Yeah. I guess, like you said, preferably if they go to the U.S., it's not somewhere that's like a different time zone. Just keep it in New York, man. There's like you could share the Barclays Center. You could share MSG. You could go to, I guess, the Prudential Center in Newark. Like just stay somewhere there. Like don't go too far. Yeah, and no shade to like the other cities. But I'm sure if the players were have to be somewhere else, they would rather be in oh, 100%. like a New York metropolitan area than say like Kansas City, right? Yeah. Um. Okay, cool. So that's step zero. Just figure out what the Raptors are going to play, all right? That, that doesn't even feel like an actual offseason plan. That's just just figure that out. It's weird that it's so much is still in the air. Um, step one. Okay, so step one of actual um, eight steps that I have here. Step one is uh, sign Masai and Bobby. So, um, again, it's taken a very long time. Um, a lot of the other front office positions have been spoken for. So the Sixers made their move. The Rockets made their move. Uh, the the Bulls made their move. The Sacramento made their move. You know, like a couple of places have really, um, you know, secured uh, their front office. And the Raptors, you know, obviously Masai and Bobby are under contract next year, but their contract is expiring after next year. Uh, there's already been talk about um, signing them up. Let, you know, Larry Tannenbaum, one of the owners who's very active in the NBA, um, has already said that, yes, they want to get it done. So, Get it done, man. It's, <laughs> we've been talking about this for like months now. Um, plan A is really just give them all the money, keep them both here. We're all good. And then plan B is if, you know, if one of them were to leave, I feel like Masai is weirdly a little bit more likely to leave than Bobby. And in any case, you can't leave, let both of them walk. So you got to make sure if one of them does move on that you retain the other. Um, you know, it, it, I don't know. I hate talking about this subject because I feel, again, it feels like you're talking about your parents leaving, but like you just you know can we just sign messiah and bobby please like what could possibly be the holdup 
if you had to speculate. Yeah, the Raptors got to be like an Asian family, man. Even if uh, the parents are unhappy, you just got to yeah. stay together for the sake of the bigger picture. You know what I'm saying? I mean, I don't know what you're saying, but I guess you know. <laughs> My parents are pretty happy. Oh, okay. Oh, never mind. I thought we were going to dive into that. No, uh, oh. I think I think right now the ball is in Masai's court, right? It uh-huh. seems like it's not like MLSE is not willing to offer the money that he wants. It sounds like Larry Tenenbaum and the board are ready to just like write a blank check if that's what Masai wants. So, you know, it's it's up to him. And I don't know, you know, when he signed, when he re-signed Nick Nurse to the extension, he said, you know, he wants to get Nick taken care of and all this other stuff. So maybe there's a sequence of events where Masai's waiting for free agency to pass you know before he thinks about himself or maybe he's just saying that and he's considering you know doing something else and leaving but you're right you know him leaving I think Bobby would be more than capable of you know Mm -hmm. running the team if Masai were to leave Um, but you know obviously you miss a lot uh, that comes with having Masai as the face of your franchise and from a basketball standpoint too like if if Masai's status is up in the air heading into next summer then, you know, it does throw the plans of recruiting Giannis um, kind of into flux, right? Do you think Masai's waiting for Giannis to not sign that extension first? <laughs> and then he's like, all right, I'm going to sign mine. <laughs> yeah, no, I don't know. It's honestly, it's taken so long that it's definitely in like an area of concern now, I feel like. Yeah. Like it, there shouldn't be a reason that it's taken this long if there's interest on both sides and just continuing this relationship yeah yeah exactly no this is like one of those long distance relationships where you just like we're still together but you like avoid the other person and you're just like oh man wasn't available this week you know i mean look just just get it done okay just get it done um and yeah i, I agree like if if Masai did move on i think bobby would be great i don't know if as great of Masai and everything like that because Masai is obviously the top you know executive in the league um but you hear lots of great things about bobby um, there was that. Actually, the top executive in the league is Lawrence Frank, based on. The oh, league. that's that's right, that's right, man. I I just don't understand. Like, do people really stand Lawrence Frank? Like, does Lawrence Frank have people around the league? I mean, the Clippers do get a lot of leaks, so you know, maybe it was Lawrence Frank just texting Woj or texting whoever, you know? Because that that's kind of how how's that... Lawrence. How's Lawrence Frank and John Horace the last two execs of the year? It's just it's unbelievable, man. I mean, Brian Colangelo won two of those things, didn't he? But it makes sense now when I when I realize that it's just voted on by the other execs. Yeah, that's true. No, it, it's really a politics game at that point, you know. And like, you think the Knicks are ever voting for a Maasai? No, but you do. But the but the bigger question is: Do you think Sam Presti voted for Frank Lawrence? Because he should. He, he owes them at least <laughs> for getting seven picks and Shea and Danilo Gallinari. It was the deal. Yo, it was part of the deal. Presti had to vote for him. He's like, yeah, that's right. That's the yeah wow. Yo, how um, did the Thunder get more for Paul George than like the Lakers theoretically with like LeBron? I I don't know, man. All the justification at the time was like, oh, it's like getting two players. You know, you you have to uh, you have to think about it that way. You got two players, and that's just not it, man. That's just that's just a justification. I mean, I, I see it for sure, but I I think honestly, Kawhi probably still would have gone to the Clips. Like I didn't really see a situation where he was seriously going to go to the Lakers, because you know you look at you you look at the um, the Uncle Dennis reports and stuff like that, and you know Kawhi likes to have that kind of treatment. You, you can't tell me that if Kawhi was in L.A. with the Lakers, like he's just going to you know load manage to his heart's content and 
you know, they're going to have all these, uh, you know, Jeremy Castleberry is going to be on the, you know, coaching staff and, um, you know, uncle Dennis is going to be able to get on every single plane and, and use the team charter plane and all these other reports that, you know, the perks, like, it's not happening. So anyway, um, but you know, congratulations to, to Lawrence Frank, man. Good for him, honestly. Good for him. He's really a guy that, like, if you saw him on the street, you would. There's no way you would recognize him. He's. I think we would recognize him because we talk about him all the time. Oh no, we we, we would fight him for sure. Like, I honestly, I'd, I'd fight him, and <laughs> I don't care if it ends up. What would you fight him about? Man? Just in general, just man. for like, turning the ACC into his Airbnb. Yeah, this, come on, bro. I'd fight him for rent. How's that? I'll fight him for for rent money. Honestly, rent at uh, Maple Leaf Square probably is quite expensive. So, probably owes me a couple thousand. Um, so that's step one. Sign my sign, Bobby. Got that done. Um, step two is the draft. So add some more talent through the draft. The Raptors obviously have the 29th pick, the 59th pick. Those are not good picks, but at the same time, uh, the Raptors have worked some real magic with um, some their late first round picks, especially when you look at. Um, you know, OG being picked late in the draft. You look at uh, Pascal being picked late in the draft, you know, even in the second round norm, you know, guys like that. So add some talent. I know it's just 29th pick, but I, I still do expect them to get somebody. Uh, they've had um, some uh, of their front office guys uh, available to the media. And, and essentially it sounds like the, the Raptors feel like this draft class, the talent pool is very spread out. It's very even. So uh, I would say that, you know, is probably better than a 29th pick in an average year, just because the talent's a lot more level, but um, we'll see. And then plan B here is probably just like, I don't know, buy a second round pick. You know, it seems like there are many available um, and maybe add some undrafted guys, but I think the draft is going to be pretty straightforward. Do you see a, a trade for the Raptors um, in, in, you know, during the drafts or do you think it's just going to be, they're going to pick their guys and move on? No, I don't think there will be. I think if any trade happens, it might just be in season. Um, you know, if they have their picks, then, you know, I think, you know, like you said, they're, they're like scouting team and all that have a good track record of, of finding guys. And I think it's pretty important to, to keep finding these guys for depth because you look at like the years leading up to them building their championship team, like, you know, all the guys that they had on the roster, like Fred, Norm, you know, OG, Pascal, like you have to keep adding to those, right? Like that's mm. what allows you, it's not like they gave up, you know, a lot of players to, to get Kawhi, but it allows you to kind of maneuver and make those moves and have those flexibility. And also it allows you to keep contending, like, you know, extend your contention window because, you know, Kawhi leaves and there's still this core group here of veteran guys and younger guys. So, you know, just finding a piece, whether it's just someone who's going to turn into a rotation player, even with the 29th or 59th pick uh, would be great. And I know, you know, you wanted to bring a heavy hitter on the pod. Um, so, you know, I'm here to let you know that there's a video out there of James Wiseman speaking Mandarin. Um, oh, so people okay. should look that up. Okay. What what did yeah. he say? <laughs> uh, I think it was just basically Kawhi's Mandarin video from uh, oh, right, <laughs> two right. playoffs ago. Just a, right. just a knee-how, basically what Derek Rose said to us last year coming out of the locker room. <laughs> right. He was real excited to bust that out. <laughs> Well, Yo, who's the top three top three NBA players you would expect to say ni hao to you? I would say uh, Dwight Howard. I would actually put it hundred percent. Dwight Howard like, is probably Dwight Howard. Great has wall, like, to be Dwight times, Howard. Man. Yeah, Derek Rose because he actually did it, and uh-huh. I don't know who number three would be actually. Oh man, Kawhi. I mean, Kawhi would be a good pick. 
even without actually, you know what? It would be Kyle Anderson because he has a secret family in China. That's that's correct. That's correct. Yeah. Kyle Anderson's actually one eighth Chinese, I believe. Yeah, which is uh, it's a great story online of him, wild. like actually going yeah. back two summers ago to mm-hmm. China and connecting uh, with a family there that he's related to. So people should actually look that up. I think he's from Urens too. I think he's from HK. So. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. So yeah. We're, we are now standing him. Um, yeah. Uh, I thought you were going to bring on draft analysis, like, you know, who the Raptors <laughs> could consider at the 29th pick. Listen, we will have draft analysis. Um, I really need to look into some of the guys. I, I've sort of compiled like a list of guys that the Raptors have been rumored to have talked to, who have interviewed, called or whatever. Um, and so I'm going to try to go through that list later on this week, but yeah, realistically, um, it's the 29th pick and it's the Raptors. They could be picking uh, out of slot or whoever. And honestly, the, the bigger picture is just the draft has been really important, as you mentioned, right? It's, it's, it's been one of the principles in terms of how the Raptors build their team. Uh, they are fundamentally a developmental program, right? They develop, uh, develop players. They turn them into guys that will become very valuable and then they can eventually uh, sign them and then trade them if they need to or just turn them into stars. Um, and if you look at, you know, the, the consequence of that championship run, right, what you lost there was um, you lost JV, who was the former number five pick. You lost DeLon Wright, who was a former, you know, first round pick, 20th, I think 20, I believe, 2015. Um, you lost a future first round pick that turned into the 29th pick, in, which was used on Calvin Johnson by the Spurs. Uh, again, it's not that big of a deal, but it's still there. You lost a number ninth pick in Yaka Pertle in that trade as well. Um, so, you know, th- that is a lot of draft capital going out the door. And even if you, you know, stretch back even further, um, you lost Terrence Ross, who was a first-round pick in the Serge Ibaka trade. So, um, you know, you, you do need to – it's very important to use these drafts to add more, uh, like – you know, viable pieces and, and trade assets um, just to add to your talent pool. I mean, the Raptors having a ton of undrafted players and having a lot of success with undrafted players is great for sure. It's a sign that the organization really works and the scouting staff really works. But, um, you know, it, the one thing is with an undrafted player is that like it's harder to get a long-term asset from that because they're not signing a rookie deal, which is four years for a first round pick. Uh, plus you have the restricted rights afterwards because you've signed them for four years. You still can get restricted rights, but it's more partial restricted, right? So then you get end up in situations like Fred where four years in, he's already an undrafted free uh, uh, free agent or unrestricted free agent, and um, you might potentially lose him to a higher bidder or anything like that. So, um, yeah, the, the picks are important. Even though they're 29th and 59th, just, you know, add some more talent. And I'm sure the Raptors, uh, you know, I mean, I'm sure they'll pick someone good. Uh, I just think that, that that's been their track record. Uh, step three. So this is now moving on to free agency. You got to re-sign Fred Van Vliet. It's been talked about kind of ad nauseum here. Um, plan A will probably be signing him to a deal, you know, $20 million per year, four years. You know, um, you know, Zach Lowe had some details uh, from other teams' interests. You know, he reports that the Knicks and Pistons – are sort of unclear of whether Fred should be getting a $20 million deal. You know, the Pistons, they have a lot of cap room, but they want to take on bad deals so that they can maybe get a couple of more first-round picks. Can't disagree with them, man. I, I can't go through another year of them, you know, standing Bruce Brown and Dake, uh, Sekou Namboya. Like, those guys combined to average, like, five points a game. Um, <laughs> the Knicks, you know, uh, from their end, may not see Van Vliet as someone who necessarily moves the needle, which is uh, very Nixian, I believe. I think, you know, guys like Russell Westbrook or uh, Chris Paul definitely move needles. And 
Probably well, the Knicks are just going to spend the whole, uh, just spend another decade uh, regretting passing up on a Raptors point guard. Uh, facts, actually, though. Yeah. Um, and you're talking about Jeremy Lin, of course. No. <laughs> wow. I didn't even think of that. Wow. That's a deep. Wow. They they gave up on every single guard that was on the Raptors championship team. That's that's a fact. That's, I'm sure at some point they gave up on Lorenzo Brown as well. Um. And then, you know, Zach Lowe kind of mentioned the Hawks. Not necessarily that the Hawks are interested, but the Hawks are definitely shopping for veteran talent. Their front office has been there a few years, haven't really delivered a playoff run, so it seems like there's pressure there. Uh, they're, they have the six pick. They're kind of shopping that around. They're trying to find someone to pair with Trey Young. To be honest, I don't feel like Fred and Trey is a great fit. Um, I know people are like, well, you know, Kyle and Fred are a great fit. It's like, yo, Kyle and Trey are the exact opposites in terms of how much they play defense. And that's pretty important. Um, but yeah, I mean, you know, let's just talk about that first of all. Are, are you comfortable at this point with a four years, $80 million deal for, for Fred? Yeah, I think if it's a four year, 80 million, I think it's a no brainer. Okay. Like the Raptors should just get that done. Cause okay. I know during the season, like even before the pandemic, like we were talking where Fred's number might end up. And I think, you know, it, it started creeping up, right? Like from 20 million to maybe 25 at one point, I mm. feel like, you know, that might've sounded reasonable. And, you know, you talk about the fit with these other teams, you know, with the market, the way it is, like the, is Fred really gonna, like if the Raptors are going to have a competitive offer and this is assuming that they don't like, they probably would just, you know, match whatever the number is, unless it gets ridiculous. But like, is Fred really going to just take a couple million more, just to, you know, get more shots up with Detroit while they win, like, 35 games. Like, I feel like the Raptors are building something here, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I feel like he's probably invested in the situation, too, because he played a huge hand in building the culture, the accomplishments here. It doesn't really make sense to let Fred walk for a couple of million. Like, even if it, you know, if you had to make some moves, I'm sure there's probably different variations of the deal being discussed. Might not necessarily be four years. Might be more like two years. Might be three years. You never know, right? Because... You know, Fred's 26 right now. Uh, you offer him another deal that gets him into free agency again in when he's 28 uh, and firmly in the prime of his career, then, you know, he could even secure an even bigger deal, whereas a four-year deal right now carries him through when he's 30. A lot of point guards don't necessarily sign huge deals at 30 unless they're like Steph or Westbrook somehow. Um, yeah, so, you know, I'm sure there's different scenarios there. But, yeah, you got to keep Fred because plan B is uh, terrible. Let me just read you some of the top uh, free agent point guard, uh, you know, uh, targets. Chris Dunn. You like Chris Dunn? What do, what do you think of Chris Dunn, man? You know what? Chris Dunn is really good on defense. So, you know, if, if you could get him, uh, let's just get him along with Fred. Let's not get him to replace Fred. Okay. I think he would be great coming off the bench and, mm-hmm. you know, taking up some of you know, Pat McCaw's minutes or Terrence Davis, who I know we're going to talk about. So I actually wouldn't mind Chris Dunn, but definitely not as a replacement for Fred. Yeah, Chris Dunn. Um, if, look, if you enjoy Ronnie Hollis Jefferson playing small ball center, you would love Chris Dunn playing small ball point guard. Um, I, I can see Nick really utilizing him like as a bench piece, though. Our bench is going to score zero points, dog. <laughs> Between the, the, the Dunn-McCaw backcourt is averaging 10 points total, bro. We're going to be talking about them like, you know, uh, Bruce Brown and Sacred Them Boy, honestly. They're, they're going to have the same production. Um, yeah, okay, so uh, DJ Augustine. 
Don't forget the no, Raptors. We already, once... we already went through that. We already went through that. That's correct. We had we had DJ uh, as a Raptor twenty thirteen. Um, that was a year the Raptors didn't have a backup point guard. Of course, they got Gravis Vasquez and they kind of solved that. But uh, the, I, I remember that year the competition was DJ Augustine versus Dwight Bikes versus Julian Stone, and DJ Augustine somehow lost in that competition. He played. 10 games for the Raptors that year, averaged two points, um, one assist, shot 29% from the field and 9% from three. Uh, that's almost unbelievable, but that's actually what happened. He didn't really play much, but uh, yeah, I mean, he's uh, remade his career since, and he's actually a solid point guard. I mean, if, in terms of replacing a guy like Fred, you're really just replacing his shadow because they're the same height, but uh, at least he can shoot threes now, kind of. I don't know, man. It's not very. No, man. It's tough. It's tough because, like, after what we've been through, like the last two seasons, watching like that core championship group, Mm. like the top seven, eight guys, like to replace them and to bring in these guys, like I feel like expectations are just way higher now, in terms of who you're gonna bring in, Mm. and you know, none of these names so far sound like attractive at all. Okay, well, speaking of attractive, Matthew Delvadova. First of all, they would have to put up plexiglass um, on media row for sure, because I know you'll be yelling almost every play when he's trying to put Kemba Walker in the figure four leg lock in the first round. (laughs) I I, I look forward to NBA games being W. uh, Actually, Delhi would be like a huge fan favorite here, though. Like, you know how Toronto. He's essentially a WWE. Those guys. Yeah, oh, 100%, man. Like, you know, let's be real. Um, you know, he's, he'd be he's Darcy. WWE. He's WWE mixed with, like, uh, Ty Domi of the Leafs. Yeah, he'd be, exactly. He's, he'd be Ty Domi. Is Ty Domi retired at the ACC? I don't really know, to be honest. If, if, he, if, you had to, if I had to put my life on it, I would say no, but uh, you never know, honestly. Um, yeah, MCW. Yeah, I don't I don't know. this, this is defense. really the best. This is really the best that's out there in terms of like well, discount discount pickups. All right, you know what? I'll just I'll reel off some names. You stop me if anyone interests you. All right, uh, Brandon Knight, Jordan Clarkson, uh, Yogi Ferrell, Rajon Rondo, uh, JJ Barea, who I believe is it's in the CBA that he has to be on the Mavericks at all times. I, I don't understand. Um, Shabazz Napier, Emmanuel Moutier, who played... Yo, are half of these guys playing in China right now? Or what's I was going to say, Emmanuel Moutier already played in China. He's the rare NBA player who first played in China before playing in the NBA. I believe watching a Vice documentary about him eating like Citron food and stuff, it, it did not go well for him. Uh, Raul Neto, Brad Wanamaker, honestly... I know he's 31 years old, but he did outplay Norm for a significant stretch of the Celtics series. I wouldn't hate that. PJ Dozier, uh, which actually, honestly, he played well for Denver. Um, Fra- Frank Jackson, DeAnthony Melton, Javon Carter. It's, uh, this is a tough list, man. It's, it's horrible, bro. It, it is absolutely horrible. Sign Fred, all right? Forget, there's no plan forget B. Plan B, yeah. Forget plan B, man. Just, <laughs> just, just bring Fred. Fred back. Honestly, I don't think it should be that difficult. Like, mm-hmm. Like, I think Fred is obviously interested in coming back. He wants to get his money, too. And the Raptors have the money to give him. Like, just when free agency starts, just get it done. Yeah. It's probably already done right now. Listen, uh, I, I expect that that should be one of the uh, the 1201. Um, I, sh- I think they moved that to 3 p.m. now, so the 301 deals. Um, 
Step four, uh, you got to figure out a course of action with Terrence Davis. Um, I think plan A, I guess, based on the current system, is you kind of let the criminal system plays out. If TD is found guilty, he will be suspended by the league. And in addition to whatever, you know, sentence that is handed to him, uh, apparently has a court date in December. So that's uh, not great timing for the Raptors. Of course, you know, plan B is they, they could just not guarantee his contract for next year and, you take away this distraction, um, not even a distraction. I think people say distraction like, oh, JaVale McGee is a distraction because, you know, he or, or Gilbert Arenas is a distraction because he's he's left, you know, uh, Pooh in uh, <laughs> what's Andre Blatch's shoe or anything like that. Like, that's a distraction. No, this is not even a distraction. This is just a, a, a legal situation that is uh, uh, just impossible to ignore, really. Um, yeah, I don't know, man. And you got to, I mean, if it's December, December 11th, then you got to bring him into training camp and, and, you know, there's going to be tons of media around. People are going to be asking about the situations we're asking all the time. It's going to look like a terrible look. Apparently he's working on a lineup, but um, whatever the Raptors decide, um, you know, hopefully they take a firm stance on this um, and just deal with the Terrence Davis situation. And because honestly, once you get clarity on that, you have more clarity on how you want to team build. You have more clarity on how you want to build your rotation, everything like that. So you can't really have this huge TBD hanging over the roster. Yeah. You know, I think, you know, if, if they're gathered enough information, if the, if the allegations are true, then uh, I think MLSC and the Raptors should definitely just cut bay with him. Um, you know, you know, I feel like the organization has gotten a lot of, positive PR and deservedly from things that they've done in the organization. And one of the things specifically is like putting women in prominent positions, right. And mm-hmm. really celebrating that uh, across the organization. And I know that's the one, one of the things that Masai has been really proud of doing, not just with the Raptors, but Raptors 905 as well. And I think if they don't do something with this or, you know, they, they, if they wait until kind of the, the legal system kind of deals with it, um, you know, if they have enough information, then they should do something because otherwise it seems kind of inconsistent with everything else um, that they kind of put out uh, publicly. It's kind of like with the Kendrick Nunn situation in Miami, right? Like, I feel like even when well, the Heat were making a run in, in the champion, like to the NBA finals, you know, like it's just one of those things where you know about Kendrick Nunn's history. And, you know, just as fans too, I feel like it's not something that you want to root for, especially with how much the organization has been celebrated for a lot of the things that they do, right? Yeah, exactly. Um, I, I honestly do believe that NBA teams have a social responsibility on top of just the responsibility to their own, uh, you know, employees and and, and, and fans. Um, and, and yeah, so I, I talked about this extensively last episode with, with, uh, with Vivek. I'm, there's nothing really new to say about it. Um, step five, uh, you got to re-sign uh, Serge Ibaka and Marcus All to one-year deals. Uh, I would say plan A is you get both of them on one-year Baloo payments. So the Raptors have bird rights on both of these guys. So they can go as high as they need to. Uh, you know, if it's a situation where, okay, you know, other teams are bidding and they're offering one-year deals and it's like mid-level, Raptors can easily offer more than a mid-level to either of these guys. Um, you know, I would say plan A is probably like Serge gets like something close to like, you know, 20 for a year. Markets. I don't know, 10. Um, to be honest, it's kind of an awkward situation because I feel like if both the guys are back, I think Mark still starts, right? We saw in the Celtics series, Mark started that whole series. Um, he, got, he got pulled 
because he was eating his jersey by the end of the, the playoffs and shaving his head because he was so frustrated. But, um, I, you know, Mark was the starter whenever both those guys were healthy. So it's a little awkward to pay him 10 and uh, Serge 20 to come off the bench. Um, don't know necessarily Mark accepts that. Maybe he just, you know, goes to Barcelona instead. But that's plan A. And then plan B is you probably just re-sign one of the two and then you add a cheap replacement. Um, where do you Where do you stand on this stuff? Yeah, I thought we gave Mark his whole like farewell tour when the report came out that he was going to Barcelona, and then I guess it wasn't right. confirmed. <laughs> Apparently, it was just a random dude. None of us uh, are familiar with the Spanish reporting scene. That's yeah. amazing, man! Uh, shout outs, Jordy. It was Jordy who leaked that. <laughs> um, no, I think, I think, I, I would assume like you know, Mark maybe does go somewhere else. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not sure if like the one year uh, balloon payment, I mean, maybe it's, it's something that's really appealing to him, but maybe he's, he's at a point where if he does stay in the NBA, you know, it might make sense for him to kind of go somewhere else for one year. I would predict that, like you said, they bring surge back. And okay. like you mentioned, um, probably at one of those numbers, like a one year, $20 million deal. Cause surge is in a tough spot in that he's obviously a capable starter, in this league, even though he's been coming off the bench, you know, for mm. most of the last two years, except when Mark has been out with injury. And, you know, I, I know Serge, I think he tweeted something about that. Like, like, I think people have been saying that he's going to just take the mid-level exception uh, yeah, somewhere. Yeah. And I think he was like, haha, good luck with that. I think he was referencing all the reports. It, it was, it was one that. of those John Hollinger reports, which, uh, <laughs> you know, honestly, the way John Hollinger puts out the info, I'm like, how did he, how was he in a front office? Like, I you tell me he was in the front office somewhere being like, all right, my analysis shows me that Hassan Whiteside is worth $17 million next year and Serge is worth five. Like, you can't, come on. And, and, and Serge has built up so much value these last two seasons. Yeah, and Hassan Whiteside um, is Hassan Whiteside. <laughs> yeah, I think what if you were talking doing? like two... I think if you're talking like two years ago, you would be like, oh, maybe Serge is going to get a deal with like an annual value of like 12 to 15 million. Mm -hmm. And with the way that he's played, with the role that he's played, you know, I think he's well deserving of a much bigger deal. But the problem is like if he does want to go to a contender, let's say like the Lakers, Clippers, the Warriors or the Nets, it's not like any of those teams can give him much money. Right. Yeah. So and the fact that he's it seems like he's not willing to do that at this point in his career and with everything that's going on with the pandemic and everything that's throwing everything off. And the fact that more teams will have money to throw around next season. I do feel like it makes sense just to get them on a one year, $20 million deal. And to be honest, depending on how free agency works out next summer, if the Raptors do strike out on Giannis or any of the targets, like search is still just like what? 31, 30, 31. Like, And you know that, you know, even if like some of the skills are going to deteriorate as he ages, like he's the one guy that you can count on. Like he's always going to show up, you know, in shape and work hard. You know, I always do this spew because I'm like trying to make surge money. Um, But like, like he could be part of like the long-term plan. It's not like you just bridge him for one year and suddenly like he's not going to be a useful player. Like as the Raptors move forward and you expect them to kind of retool and stay in contention, like surge is super valuable to this team especially because you know that he can both start and come off the bench. And it's hard to find a guy like that. Exactly. Exactly. Um, great vet, great for the locker room, everything like that. And, and, and you know, like 
in terms of conditioning, like, yeah, everyone in the NBA is pretty well conditioned to like extremely well conditioned. Serge is absolutely at the very end of that extremely well conditioned. Um, you know, like you even look at during the quarantine, you know, one of the first people to 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 put up those videos of just him working on somebody at home. And it's not even just like for a social media thing. Like Serge really takes that that seriously. Like he's one of the hardest workers. If you ever had to go to practice and like, you know, they're like, oh yeah, we're going to speak to Serge in the media today. Like you probably know you're going to be spending like two hours in that, in that practice court because Serge is going to be practicing like 4.3s um, for a, at least a good hour and a half while the media just stands there annoyed. <laughs> Um, no, but seriously, uh, not not me. I loved seeing Serge shoot threes, uh, contested threes. But no, I mean, no, like it's just yeah. You gotta. I think Serge is a very valuable player, and I think honestly, you know, the, for him, the the situation is if he doesn't get a balloon deal, then he's probably more likely to walk around because you know the Lakers are interested. You know, like the you know uh, that could be very interesting. Although to be honest, I don't really see Serge's best fit there. Like if Serge has to play more of a power forward type role you know that's not really his best role or his best usage uh or if he has to come off the bench again but this time for anthony davis instead of marcus all it's a little different um you know and you know maybe i don't know like the nets or something like that but i mean if the raptors are going to pay much beyond the mid-level and the mid-level said nine million the full mid-level um i think Serge probably wants to stay because a he loves it here and you know that's just a lot of money for mark i mean honestly you know, if you're giving Mark a mid-level, again, the same situation. Mark could be walking around looking for different situations. Maybe the, the Warriors, you know, uh, if you can go there to be uh, a, a much politically kinder version of um, Andrew Bogut, um, you know, he could kind of fit that role really well. But we'll, we'll see. I mean, um, not really totally sure where all these guys go. Ideally, you give them both on one-year deals. Because plan B is you re-sign one of them to probably surge, and then you add a cheap replacement and again, let me just read some of the names. You got Aaron Baines, Bismack Biombo, Robin Lopez. He shoots threes now. Uh, at least Bud lets him do that. Uh, Nerlens Noel, Alex Len, Harry Giles, Dario Saric. Um, yeah, not that exciting, man. No, that's tough. What about um? I was actually thinking about Tristan Thompson, but I guess he's gonna get. He's actually gonna get like a pretty good deal on the yeah. market. I, I think he probably he's so he's said very publicly many times that he wants to stick around in Cleveland. I think it's because Cleveland offered him the most money. Um, I don't know if Cleveland does that because they've already committed lots of money to uh, Kevin Love. They've signed uh, Larry Nance Jr. to a long term deal. They just traded for Andre Drummond. Doesn't totally make sense to invest heavily on Tristan, but you never know. They're kind of desperate. Um, but yeah, I mean, if, if he doesn't go there, I feel like he's a clear candidate to go to the Lakers, man. That's definitely like a he goes to the Lakers for one year, is in LA, is close to um, home, I guess, for him, and you know, a good chance to connect with the title. Obviously, him and LeBron are pretty close still. So, yeah, no, he he would be a good fit here, but probably wouldn't make sense kind of money wise and all that stuff. Yeah. Yeah, it's not that exciting, man. Also, Robin Lopez shooting threes, man. I mean, imagine you're Giannis Adanakumbo, you're the league MVP, you're breaking down the defense, you got to beat like three guys to get to the rim, and then, okay, someone's right at the rim, you got to kick it out, and it's Robin Lopez in the corner. (laughs) 
Preston Rob Robin Lopez. Um, he's the one who fought Surge, right? A few years ago. He did, he did fight Surge. Yeah, you're right. We probably can't get the Robin and Surge. I'm together. sure it'd be fine. They're both actually like great dudes. Sure, um, yeah. But you know, it just gets a little intense on the court. Bismack would be cool. What's his contract situation? Is he an expiring? So I think he's done now, right? Because he signed that big four-year deal in 2016 after that playoff run he had with us. So he's free agent. You know, he loves Bis- You know, he loves Toronto. Obviously, Toronto loves Bismack back. If it had to be a one-year deal and you got Bismack, I'd be I'd be pretty happy with it. Again, our bench is going to score six total points a game. All right, it's it's <laughs> yeah, going to be two Matt Thomas. Well, there's going to be no fan. There's going to be no fans, but I can't wait for the fans in the suites to just <laughs> cheer on Delhi and Bismack. Oh, God. Yeah, see, that's the thing. What, you're like, oh, you know, we can't. Fred's too short. You can't sign him. Or like, oh, Mark's too old. You can't sign him. I was like, all right, cool. So you, you want that Delhi Bismack <laughs> pick, pick and roll. The, the, K, the KFC bucket of the game just uh-huh. comes from the Delhi Bismack Biombo pick and roll. That's the one bucket of game they're going to combine at average, man. Uh, uh, yeah, so. You know, hopefully you could take care of both guys. Uh, again, the Raptors have had plenty of time to talk to these guys. Um, you haven't actually heard Surge in a lot of these rumors, which kind of, to me, feels like the Raptors probably had worked out something with Surge already, you know, because you don't really hear any rumors because a lot of the rumors that you hear are rumors that you that uh, people have wanted you to hear. You know what I mean? I mean, you know, it's not, I'm not like Shams or anything like that, but I'm just saying, like, that's kind of how a lot of this industry works. So if you're hearing a lot of rumors and that someone's probably angling, either a team, agent, player, whoever, um, and you haven't heard many rumors about Surge whatsoever, which makes me feel like that's already been secured. So, Yeah, and it's no secret, too. I know, like, Brian Windhorst and other people have talked about on their podcast that, like, a lot of, the de- a lot of these deals are already done. Oh, yeah. Like, no, obviously, no. they can't announce them, but given, like, the time frame that they're going to have from when free agency starts and when they have to report to camp on December 1st, it's not like all of this business is going to get done within like the 10 days that they have. Right. Mm. So, you know, I think you're right. Like even going back to Fred too, I'm pretty confident in Fred and Serge coming back at this point. Um, You know, I I feel like, you know, obviously we keep hearing about the same teams with Fred, but it doesn't sound like it's, it's it's a player that the Raptors are going to let get away. So really the only question mark, I guess for me is Mark. And that's just more on him because he's definitely at, a point later in his career than Serge per se to, to really, if he wants to go ring chasing, if he wants to play like only one more year mm. in the NBA, right? Yeah. How would you like to look five years younger in a clinical study? People that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volure XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. 
LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. <sighs> All right, step six. Uh, you got to fill out the rotation after this. So I'm just going to let's go quickly through this. Uh, you can give me a yes or no to the following players. Chris Boucher. Uh, yes, just so um, we can reconcile, um, you know, the relationship between you and him. Okay. I feel like me and Chris would actually get along, honestly. I'm a pretty nice <laughs> Yeah, when you general. throw me under the bus. <laughs> well, it was you. I'm going to talk about I don't even have Instagram, man. I don't even know. I literally, I don't even know what an Instagram story is. Like, uh, You actually technically have Instagram, so. Oh, that's uh, right. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. Not very active these days, but, you know, it'll come back. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I would honestly, I mean, to the point about like, okay, you know, you can keep one of these reserve centers, you know, Aaron Baines, Bismack, whatever. Like, honestly, if it's, if it's Chris being the full-time backup next year, it will be a big step down from Mark or, you know, what, or even Serge. But he's somewhat functional. I mean, there are certain matchups you need to protect him against for sure, but there's also uh, games where he does definitely impact the game. Um, you could you could do worse for a backup center, so I, I wouldn't mind keeping Chris around. It probably wouldn't be very expensive either. Uh, Rondé Hollis Jefferson, yes or no? Uh, I don't know. I'm on the fence. I, I don't think that one is as important to me. Yeah, I, I've I've already made all my Rondé jokes. I mean, if someone's gonna run up on me, it should be Rondé to be honest, because <laughs> the layups that he was the, the you know his layup package is is, is deep. Um. Yeah, Malcolm Miller, <laughs> yes or no? Oh, yeah, definitely yes to yeah. Malcolm Miller. Um, mm-hmm. You know, first NBA, um, all nice guy team. Definitely. You need a lot of nice guys on the team. Um, yeah. And plus, yesterday, we, we came up with a nickname, Malcolm Miller. Just, yeah. Uh, just replace the first a strong L. word. Yeah. yeah we is a really strong word. It's, it's you. okay. It we, you. Right, yeah. we. It was we. All right. Yeah. Um, you know. <laughs> There's no difference between us. Uh, yeah, just replace the first L with an O. And no, listen, I, res- I support Malcolm Miller, man. Honestly, hey, like, where's where's Dewan Hernandez on this list, man? His, his he, he has a deal next year, man. So he's, he's no, but like, I just mean in terms of like filling out the rotation. Like, oh, I just maybe I would expect him. Yeah, but, but do you expect Dewan to play a little next year? Um, you know, it's hard to say. I mean, the G League is not active. <laughs> Oh yeah, there's gonna be no G League probably yeah. next season. Oh, bro, tough, listen, dude. that's 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 still later down the line. But I mean, the th- the bigger question is how do you fill out your bench because the bench right now uh, is McCaw, Powell, Thomas. You know, yeah, maybe Boucher. Actually, it's not that bad. I mean, I mean Norman, Matt Thomas. I mean, McCaw's your eighth guy. Uh-huh. I've talked myself into it. That's not bad. Oh, okay. It is it is really thin though. Like it's, if you're talking about thin. Chris Boucher as the backup center, yeah. like they definitely need to maybe even just like give Tyson Chandler a million dollars just to have a big Bro, like off the on, bench. Man. How many years is Tyson Chandler going to be in the league, man? <laughs> I mean, I support it. I'm I'm fine, but like you know, I think he might be one of the last guys to have ever played against uh, Michael Jordan. Still active. I think he was the last guy. Yeah, I mean, he, he came Vince. out as a high schooler. So yeah, he, he was like 2000 and. Two, I think, two thousand one. So he was, he still would have been he's around. He's been for in like, the league for like half his life, probably. He probably came in when he was like eighteen, nineteen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. By the way, Tyson Chandler, this is the weirdest recommendation. 
Tyson Chandler has a crazy ball is life, like hoop life mixtape kind of thing from when he was in call or in high school. Cause he was like seven feet tall and still able to, you know, way more athletic than he is now. The highlights are nuts. Like it's yeah, like you know, Zion it's fun- level. It's, it's funny you mentioned that because a friend of the pod, Michael Grange uh-huh. um, actually uh, ran into Tyson Chandler at the arena uh, last season and was talking okay. to him about the mixtape. Oh yeah, because, no, it's legendary. Uh, uh, it's that Grange good. Was, Grange was talking about how like that was like the first high school mixtape that really blew up and you know put him on the map. Hmm. <laughs> wow! Shout out Grange for it. No, that's actually a great poll, honestly. Um, all right, step seven. Um, so this is quite like miscellaneous, but like you know, training camp stuff like that. Again, we're looking at a plan for the off season. The front office really does need to look at stuff like this. Um, number one, find guys to compete in training camp. So, uh, you know, there probably will be open roster spots at the end of this year. You bring in guys. And this is important, too, because this is actually kind of how the Raptors got Fred onto the team. Because you remember 2017, uh, the Raptors brought in a, a crop of guys like Brady Heslip, um, Drew Crawford, Yannick Marrera, um, some other guys. I, don't, I forget who the rest of the guys were. Um, and Fred had to beat these guys out to actually make the team. So you got to find guys to compete in a, in a, in a training camp. Also in a training camp setting, you just need more bodies period. Cause you want to run practices and stuff like that. So you're going to need guys like, um, who did they bring in last year? Um, Isaiah Taylor, Cameron Payne, um, Sagaba Kanate. So, you know, and Payne would be nice as a backup guard right now, to be honest. Oh, my God. <laughs> we really let that one get away. Yeah, it's a backup dancer. Um, no, and, and the most important thing is we need Blake Murphy to um, scoop, get the scoop on these guys. Blake is like his his specialty in terms of breaking news is definitely um, getting these camp guys. No, I'm, I'm kidding, man. Blake, Blake is a very, very... No, the, the Raptors 905 Rolodex is deep, you know? A hundred percent, bro. This guy's telling me about how all the, the 905 have traded their third round pick for our future protected 2022 on, pick man. from There's the third Fort round Wayne picks. Mad-ants. Come on, bro. You're not following the G League like that? Damn, man. I have I, to I'm, find someone in the G League who speaks Mandarin. Word. I mean, you, didn't you get those Chinese New Year 905 jerseys? No, I did, man. You didn't? I think Blake was supposed to try to get one for me. <laughs> Naturally. <laughs> Let me let me follow up on that eight months later. Yeah, Yo, they should bring Brady Haslip back, man. Brady Haslip and Matt Thomas mm. just lighting it up in preseason. Yeah. I think Brady retired, by the way. I actually saw really? something about that. Yeah, Brady, apparently he retired, and he's moved into, like, a front office type of role or something like that. You know how people call, like, certain guys, like, hoopers? Like, that guy's a hooper, man. He just plays, like, oh. anywhere. That guy is a hooper, bro. They're like, oh, yo, we need uh, bodies for Team Canada. He's like, no problem. I'm on the first flight. Team to, Canada to probably Joe. plays internationally. I'm pretty sure he was he played in the Stanley Johnson 86 point game at OVO Bounce. Yeah, <laughs> I'm pretty sure that's true. He is definitely a core fixture for the Crown League in summertime. I'm gonna I miss Crown League, man. That was, it's always fun to go Crown League. Yeah. <laughs> Yo, they, yeah, I don't know. They should bring in a. I like when they bring in like an honorary Canadian. You know. Yes, definitely. Um. Yeah, shout out Andy Rounds. Remember when he was on the team one day for training camp? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Shout out, shout out Anthony Bennett having the nerve to ask for the number fifteen. Yo, that's the the, the Raptors should have stepped in. They're gonna be like, look, I know Amir Johnson wore it, I know Jorge Garbajosa wore it, but you have some standards here, man. Anthony, you gotta wear sixteen. Wear like hundred and fifty or something. 
No, they, like they should have made him point five. They should have made him wear one point five for his points per game average, man. Like you, know, you can't have him wear fifteen, bro. It's disrespectful, man. You gotta um, look at the history of uh, former number one overall picks that have been on the Raptors. What is it like, Andrea Bargnani, yeah. Anthony Bennett? Yeah, is that it? That, that might be, be it, it, man. That's tough. Yeah, that is. Uh, yeah, that's. I mean, I don't know. Maybe they signed Dwight Howard. He's a free agent this year. Wait, was Dwight the number one pick, or is it, was that a Mecca Okafor? I think I, I Dwight went first. I think, yeah. There's no way you're taking a Mecca Okafor over Dwight, even even with all things considered. Um, but yeah, you got to fill out the training camp. You got to figure out what's going on with the G League because I don't really sure where the two way guys like O'Shea um, and um, Paul Watson Jr. play. We need Paul Watson Hive to have um, an opportunity to to to, to stand. Um, you know, I mean, honestly, the G League is actually pretty important because the Raptors obviously have done a lot of development there. There's even guys that you know, like um, Tyler Ennis, Henry Ellenson. Um, you know, even going back before this, Justin Anderson, like guys that they've actually tried to bring along and develop in the G League. And um, you just, I would hope that the Raptors still have that avenue. Although, to be honest, if the NBA is trying to keep costs down with everything like that, G League is probably um, a, a loss for them financially. Um, you know, other development guys in terms of just like guys that they usually bring the G League. And honestly, you got to hire a replacement for Nate Bjorkgren. Do you have any um, assistant coach? By the way, why are so many assistant coaches? The hirings being uh, announced by Shams and Woj is it is it that dead in the offseason that we got to be like oh man the Pacers just acquired this top assistant I'm like what I don't care <laughs> Yo, about I can't this, I can't wait till there's like a trade market for assistant coaches like you Yo, can net like a second rounder <laughs> no seriously I'm like oh man I'm hearing about Jacques Vaughn being the highest paid assistant coach I'm like I don't care about what an assistant coach makes man <laughs> Yo shout oh, out to Joe Sai man this guy has a separate salary cap he probably has to pay luxury tax just for his coaching staff he signs so many guys yeah how how rich is josai i'm gonna look at this net worth yo i think he's i think 13.9 billion us dollars he's not richer than bomber is he no 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 but how rich he must be one of the richest asians out there oh he's from taiwan yeah Yeah, no no wonder they got the, the i've seen some jeremy lynn to the nets rumors yeah, <laughs> you know how awkward that's gonna be when he's just like, you know, uh, you know, we should Jeremy. leak, uh, we should leak like Jeremy Lin to the Warriors, like the Spanish reporter did Marcus Sol to Barcelona. Oh my god, <laughs> what I mean, if the, you just the tweeted Warriors that out? Probably right use, now? No, the, the Warriors could use Jeremy Lin, period. Like, you know, we, we saw man, like there were the Quinn Cook was guarding Fred Van Bleet in game six of the finals. Like, come on, man, you need Jeremy Lin. No, circling back to that backup guard, uh, you know conversation oh, yeah? i'm honestly shocked you didn't add jeremy to the list you know come on bro come on man what oh wow joseph Sai is taiwanese canadian all right do we have to stand what's going yeah, on i didn't man? know that shouts to nate Bjorgren though be, yeah. becoming an nba head coach that's like incredible you know it's an absolute phenomenal story man uh apparently he used to he was in the stands watching nick nurse win like the high school championship in iowa he was in the stands, and then you know he he basically begged his way onto Nick's coaching staff. You know, um, you know we we both read Nick Nurse's biography, and I've talked about it. All yeah, like, there was this straight. really good part, like in the where they mm-hmm. like when they were together in the G League, like they just spent a whole summer in like Nick's basement, like drawing yeah. up plays, right? Yeah, that's basically me and you just doing uh, running back and, and that's imitating, me and you imitating performance, back. man. <laughs> yeah. It's the same deal. 
we just have sticky notes and a whole chart of like all the reporters. No, nah, on the road, that's that's you and me in Quebec City in the Airbnb in the basement of the Airbnb on a ping pong table. We're sitting on couches and we were recording a reaction podcast about about an hour reaction podcast to the Raptors scrimmage game at Laval University. Yeah, that's uh, so that's, the that's up level. there with the time. That's a uh, that's there up there with the time that I took a greyhound with Blake Murphy to Cleveland <laughs> at like five a.m. <laughs> To watch Game Five of the 2016 Eastern Conference Finals, I think we just settled into our media seats, and, and the Raptors were already down by like 20 in that game. Yikes! Yeah, um, yeah. Are you Nate or are you Nick? What's, what's going on? <laughs> <laughs> no, you're, you're Nick, bro. You're Nick. I'll, I'll be Nate. I'll be Nate. No, shout out to Nate Bjorgren, man. No, seriously, um, shout out to him, man. I'm gonna I miss seeing his believe- uh, his kids running around because they they're always like real active, especially his son. Always like he's like. I don't know, like seven or eight years old, always yeah. wearing like Raptor jerseys, practicing shooting at the court and stuff like that before games. So, no, it's truly incredible that, that like, you know, I know we've talked about Nick's story, mm. um, you know, over and over again, but like Nick and Nate, two of like the 30 NBA coaches in the league, um, Dwayne Casey must be seething, you know? Yeah. No, actually, though. No, legit, though. It's, it's a fantastic story. This is like when, um, when I was at the score, then you came to the score. And then, <laughs> you Yo, left. you can't compare everything <laughs> you left to our Yahoo career paths. I love for Yahoo. <laughs> Yo, it's time to promote Jim Sand. It's time, it's time to no, elevate Jim Sand. It's time to enter the Sandman, baby. A hundred percent, man. Get Jim Sand in there. A lifelong development coach. He's front and center with the, uh, the the Americans Voting Abroad campaign. Um, Apparently he's a good shooting coach as well. Like, come on, man, let's let's get him in there, man. He deserves it. Um, all right, and then step eight, the most important step. Uh, you know, we got to tap into Matt Thomas's superstar potential. So, year one, Matt Thomas shot forty-seven percent, I believe, from three. So that's a big disappointment. Um, we need to get him to the next level. And you, you are something of a Matt Thomas connoisseur. Um, Wow, Matt only averaged four point nine points per game last year. Huh? This guy we're standing. Okay, um, yeah. No, so this is what happens. This is what happens <laughs> when you actually look at the numbers. <laughs> oh, four point nine. That's uh, that's low. But listen, a lot of rookies average four point nine. He's twenty six years old. He's coming into his prime. Uh, what what does what does Matt Thomas need to do to essentially become like the seventh man in the rotation? Because I think honestly, he was already there at the end of the playoffs. He probably has to get back there through training camp. But um, you know, how how do we turn Matt Thomas into like a 10-point-per-game guy off the bench. Yeah, like I've said the last nine times that, um, you know, I've come on the podcast, mm-hmm. they just have to run more plays for Matt Thomas. You know, I, I feel like Nick started to trust him more towards the end of the season. Like, let's just, let's just get him more involved. Like, he has this elite skill. Like, you should utilize it. Mm-hmm. And um, I want to see him continue to improve on, on the defensive end. But I feel like once you gain the trust of Nick, then you do have a firm spot in the rotation. And I feel like that's the position Matt Thomas is going to go into this season with. Yeah, I agree. I agree. And, you know, Nick probably sees a lot of himself in Matt. Um, no, I mean, like if you, again, if you look up Nick Nurse's high, uh, college statistics, he shot 47% from three and was essentially Matt Thomas. So <laughs> yeah, Nick loves a, Nick loves an underdog story. A hundred percent, bro. This guy also <laughs> played in Iowa. So I I love how you always put Matt Thomas on the podcast outlines for me, like at the end. 
Yeah. It's like it's like when my mom would take me to Mandarin school and promise we get like rabbit candy after or something. That's all you got, bro. <laughs> yo, you, yo, you got swindled, man. You can't be going to Chinese school just to get a rabbit candy, bro. That should just be freely available at home. <laughs> oh man. No, but yeah, I think um like the Yahoo Sports Canada Twitter account said, you know, this man came from nowhere and made it as the eighth man last year. <laughs> Matt Thomas shot a hundred percent from three in a, a game seven. Uh-huh, you yeah. can't say that for, for a lot of rookies. You know, uh-huh. I never saw Tyler hero shoot a hundred percent from three That's facts. in a game seven. So yeah, you know, we have to, we, you know, because of the shortened off season, um, you know, we have to come up with new ways to continue to elevate and promote Matt Thomas. Yeah. Well, I mean, look, I think, a, the defense has to improve, but um, I think it honestly, he was making good reads. Um, I, you know, he probably has to improve to the point where the Raptors don't automatically go into a zone every time he checks into the game. <laughs> That's, you know, as much as the Raptors are great at zone, the creativity, uh, <laughs> if you have to play zone every time you come in, it's a real problem. Um, no, the other thing is just, I think offensively, he needs to find more ways to get shots up because. Um, his usage rate, I honestly, like, I don't expect him to play many minutes, but I expect his usage rate to be much higher than what it was, um, last season or in his, as a rookie, his usage rate was 16.6%. So obviously there's a hundred percent possible usage divided around five guys. That's less than even the average. And yeah, Matt just has to get more shots up. I mean, um, we saw that a little bit in not necessarily the actual bubble games, but in the, um, in the scrimmage games, the three scrimmage games leading into the bubble, I know it's just scrimmage, whatever, but, you know, we saw that when he um, scored his career high against the Milwaukee Bucks. Uh, I believe he had 22 points that day. Yeah, 22 points on 9 of 17 in a win against the Bucks. Uh, <laughs> again, Giannis was definitely watching courtside. Um, no, but, like, you know, he just has to find a way to get more shots up. And I think, you know, we've seen him take more shots off the dribble, come off the screen, pull up um and yeah the more he can get comfortable in that in that uh you know pick and roll situation that's going to be able to help create a little bit more offense because he's actually not a bad shoot um uh, passer by any means um we've seen him get into the middle of the lane and pick out a good pass i'm not saying he's chris paul or anything like that but i'm just saying like he can do some things there functionally that can get him more involved in the offense um even beyond, as you mentioned, calling plays. Yeah, you could do that for sure, but the Raptors are not necessarily a team that you call plays every every time down. There's a lot more freewheeling, and the more Matt Thomas get comfortable handling, pulling up, shooting, um, that's going to open up more opportunities for not just himself, but for his teammates. And um, yeah, I need that. I need that usage rate to be 26. percent I'm serious. Uh, you know, when he's in the game, I need him to shoot. Yeah, and I love for him to you know maybe get some more run with some of the starters too. And you talked about like potentially playing Pascal at the five and, and using different lineups. Um, you know, he has such an elite skill that I think plays really well with uh, the starters too. And you talk about the defense too, you know, obviously the Raptors have their best defenders um, in the starting lineup too. So that might mitigate some of that too. I just think it'd be nice to kind of see his role expand a little bit and see what he can do with that. Right. Yeah. I agree. Well, um, yeah. I mean, look, we expect, Matt was solid in this first year as a rookie. We expect him to be honestly. I really do think he could be a, a consistent rotation piece this season. And honestly, given the Raptors' need for offense, like you know, you have a guy who yes, flawed defensively, but can give you some offense in Matt. And um, hopefully, he gets a little bit more run here. So, 
that's your offseason plan. There are eight steps plus zero. The zero is figuring out where the Raptors are going to play. Got to figure out where they're going to play. You got to sign Messiah Bobby, add some more talent for the draft, re-sign Fred, uh, figure out what, what the future of Terrence Davis is, re-sign Serge Ibaka and Mark, filling out the rotation, training camp bodies, and, um, you know, tap into Matt Thomas' superstar potential. That's a busy offseason for the Raptors. They got to execute that over essentially two weeks, uh, and we will have tons and tons of coverage of it here on the podcast. Um Alex, thanks for coming on, man. Anything to plug? What's going on? Uh, no, man. Just shout outs to Liverpool. Unfortunately, they've had four goals overturned by VAR so far this season. That's wow. unfortunate. Wow. So, yeah, you're right. Yeah, it's, yeah. No more. You know, than it's VAR just a it's just a regression. You know, that's that's what they call it, right? Oh, okay. <laughs> All right, bro. I, I don't even know what team you're standing for. This guy said yesterday he's standing for Leicester City. Like, well, get out of here. No, man. I asked you who's at the top of the table. I just wanted to let you know that I know it's called the table. Yeah. Wow, it's a tight race right now, though. I guess it's early in the season. It's a it's a weird year, man. Everyone's going down with injuries. Liverpool lost like half a squad. Um, These are legit then, injuries, not COVID. Uh, yeah, some of them are legit injuries for sure, which is unfortunate. You know, uh, one of the best players on the team, horrifically taken out, um, Derek Rose knee style. So it was, it was oh, pretty wow. bad. Yeah, you know, he's Damn. out for like a year. Yeah, our guy Virgil Van Dyke. You know him. Come on, man. Yeah, Virgil. The only Virgil I know is Virgil Abloh. Um, do, do you? So, like, are you one of those fans where like they won the Premier League last season? So, like, it's kind of like the Raptors, where like you're like, I'm good. Um, not really. No, I, I mean, I I think with soccer, like, it's um, you, you have so many more avenues to add and reinforce your squad. So it's a little bit easier. I mean, plus it's, there's no salary cap and things like that. I mean, there's like financial fair play. So you got to like relatively even your books, but you know, a lot of teams ignore that. And honestly, it's not too hard to fudge the numbers. Um, but no, I mean, they brought in honestly good guys. So I kind of expect the thing to keep going Their The front three is still quite young. Um, they're like in their prime of the career, like 29, 28. So no, I expect, I expect another title this year, man. Listen, I'm a, I'm a championship fan now. You exclusively root for championship organizations, all right? Can't go back. Can't go back to uh, standing, you know, Sonny Williams. I just can't do it, man. I love how at the end of each podcast, we always um, we always do like a promo. We always do like a, <laughs> like a Liverpool show. Yeah, man, listen. Um, I'm, re- I'm ready, man. Call up the zone, you know, me, you, yeah. and Adnan Verk. Let's, let's 100%, bro. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I, I mean, you know, Adnan's flexible, man. That guy's a legend, bro. Shout out to the the days where he was hosting court surfing at the score. That was that was sick. Why why have, why hasn't someone brought back court surfing? It was such a great program. It would actually want compel me to turn on cable TV, which I don't have, but I might look for a, a stream if someone had court surfing you know yeah court surfing was great and they used to put together those like like you were talking about the oh, court cuts. mixtapes yeah, yeah the court cuts the Amazing, court cuts was bro. great too man yeah no i used to watch like so like the score used to have like their rotating highlight packs for 30 minutes like i used to watch the highlight packs like three four times just so i could see more highlights and that's that's how i, I knew guys you know in the nhl at that time because like 15 minutes of the highlight pack was nhl guys and chl guys you know i knew all about uh Anthony Calvillo or whatever <laughs> is that a guy? That's a that's a that's a quarterback. Yeah, quarterback yeah. the Hamilton Tiger Cats. I have to look yeah, the yeah. the score used to have like WWF rights, like they would yep. show wrestling. Yep. Like they used to just uh, yeah. outright carry Raptor games, which is pretty impressive considering the score was always fighting uphill against two um, 
um, Giants and TSN and Sportsnet. So I remember I missed the score too, television, man. man. Yo, shout outs to the score ticker, man. The ticker was clutch. Yeah, there you go. Henry Burris. <laughs> Why are you naming quarterbacks? <laughs> Ricky Ray. Yo, my favorite thing about the CFL is that these guys have played for every single team. Like yeah. every, like how, <laughs> how is Ricky Ray played the NFL for every is you get, team? My favorite thing about the CFL is you get a point for kicking the ball out of the end zone. <laughs> yeah, well, I don't. Yeah, that, that, that doesn't. I don't get that one either. Too, but, um, yeah. Well, shouts to the CFL. Man. Shouts to CFL. Shouts to the Score Television Network. It was a, it was a great time, man. Um, all right, Alex. Thanks for coming on as always. Um, when are you bring back Stephen LeBron Pod, man? Come on, we need a. Uh, we need more. We need more interaction. Clearly, we only we are apparently only work friends, so we got we gotta do more work together, bro. <laughs> yeah, don't worry. I've already got it written down. We're gonna do a Hancock pod together. No, we gotta do real NBA coverage for the fans, you know. So hopefully, that's right, that's right. run it back. Um, should yep. be returning like mm-hmm. soon. Yeah, we're we're running it back, even though um, they didn't win a title last year. We can't change the name, man. It is what it is. No, I, I would say like you know, season two of running back would be bigger than better, but you know, we're just stuck in our homes. Um, I can't wait to oh. go back out on locations again, but you know, it's uh, I feel like we've made it work, like you know, remotely. Um, yeah, exactly. We 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 got real creative with our backgrounds and stuff like that. I, I need more backgrounds to be honest, and you need to watch more movies because you were just putting like uncut <laughs> gems and and, and parasites. Yeah, so I, again, right, you need no, to watch more than three movies. <laughs> No, that's fine. The new goal, the new goal for the new season is like I have to reference a new movie like every month. There you go. There you go. All right. Well, thanks everyone for listening and uh, I'll be back again with another episode on Wednesday to look at the draft. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with Code Program for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com. Code Program.